Don't you love him today? Don't you love him today? I can't hear you. Holler if you hear me. Don't you love him? Don't you really, 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 really love him? Come on now. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Do you really love him? Come on. Make some noise to him. I really love the Lord. Every day I discover what he has kept me from. Every time I reflect on what he's brought me out of, I come to the conclusion that I really love the Lord. You have no idea what he's done for me for real, for real. You have no idea how I should not be here, but when I'm still here, when I'm still standing, Thank you, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we continue in this worship moment, we ask that your spirit move like only your spirit can, that you will heal like only you can. And as it was spoken into the atmosphere, that everyone will leave here with a smile in their soul. Everyone will leave here with a new outlook on life. Everyone will leave here walking in victory. When it's all said and done, Lord, we're careful to give your name all of the glory all of the honor and all the praises in the powerful name of jesus the people of god say and pray together amen 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 hallelujah our scripture today is found in judges the seventh chapter uh verses seven through fourteen we're picking up uh part two of uh, this uh this this mini series that came out of out of nowhere as the holy spirit gave me something i'm just trying to be um, obedient if you want to hear about Jesus in the manger we do that on Wednesday too but today I'm just trying to be obedient uh, to what God has uh, asked me to talk to you um, about Judges 7 verses Judges 7 chapter verse 7 through 14 uh, and the word of God reads as follows the Lord told Gideon with these 300 men I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites send all the others home so Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home but he kept 300 men with him the midianite camp was in the valley just below gideon then that night the lord said get up go down into the midianite camp for i have given you victory over them it's hard being a preacher y'all you see stuff and you just want to run did anybody else get excited when you see that do you see you got to see yourself in the text y'all you ever learn to see your own situation so you, you you be this person that god is speaking to and you you be that person that god is telling to go down to the camp and when god said get down there he said i have given you victory over them but he says listen i acknowledge that you're a human because he says this but if you are afraid to attack 
go down to the camp with your servant Purah. We're going to talk about him. Listen to what the Midianites are saying and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Purah and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. What is the Bible trying to tell us? It was a lot coming against them. It wasn't just a two or three people. That's somebody here today. Listen, I'm trying to get to the, the sermon, y'all, but I can't help myself. <laughs> All of a sudden, the camels like grains of sand on the seashore. Too many to count. Did anybody come in this morning where you got so much against you that it's just too much to count? My God. But what, what, what did God say about it? God started to speak to him. He said, listen, uh, I need you to get close. And that, that Purah that I sent with you, he's going to, he's your companion. And, and Purah started to speak to him. And, and, Purah, and he told Purah, I had this dream. And in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over and knocked it flat. His companion, which was Purah, answered, your dream means only one thing that God has given has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelites victory over Midian and all its allies. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to have a good time in here today. Don't know how it's going to go. Don't know what God is going to do. But we're going to get what we get to and we're going to get out of the way. Listen, y'all, Pastor Q, uh, with the reason that he was worshiping the way that he was is we don't, we don't put that on the calendar you can't put it on the calendar but uh, every now and then God knows that we need a little bit more in worship and when God told me to speak to you about the art of war uh, last week we talked about the fact that one of the principles of winning in warfare was that it required strong leadership and I reminded you that God is raising you and others as leaders in this season. He's raising new leaders because we're seeing new things that we have never experienced before. So if you're going to win in warfare, regardless of if the war is at your house, regardless of the war is at your home, if, if you're regardless of what the war may be, one of the principles is leadership. Y'all, there's war all around us just this week. I know some of our sisters and brothers are not a part of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school system. We have family from a variety of different places, but right here in Charlotte, y'all, uh, the superintendent of our school system, uh, uh, Mr. Ernest Winston, had an emergency meeting, and, and some of y'all probably even got the email. How many of y'all got the email that the superintendent sent out? The supermajority, look around. Don't tell me we not in warfare. Look around at all the hands that went up that got a letter from the superintendent said there is a crisis of student aggression and violence within our community in schools. He immediately ordered that the children going forward will have to wear clear book bags. Don't tell me, y'all, that we are not at war. He said immediately that the children will have to wear clear book bags. And, and he had a, a, media, a emergency meeting with the chief of police and, and, the, and the, the district attorney for Mecklenburg County. And there has been cries for help right here in Steel Creek in the community. I saw a worker at Olympic High School saying, listen, I came to be a good example 
example and I came to do uh, what I believe God has called me to do but I can't win this fight on my own it's too much going on in the hallways it's too much going on in the schools I don't have to tell you because everyone saw what happened in Michigan and not only was it bad enough that a teenager was shooting kill four of his peers what's worse is that his parents are guilty of aiding and abetting him in the crime there's something wrong somewhere my sisters and brothers but I want to remind you of something because you will not leave here defeated you will not leave here worrying I want to remind you that no matter what type of warfare we are facing whether it's a crisis in the school a crisis in our home a crisis in our own personal life that nobody really knows about no matter what the crisis may be this text is going to tell you today and proclaim and prophesy over your life today that victory belongs to Jesus now listen if you are not a church person you might say that sounds real churchy but I'm going to show you that victory belongs to Jesus see we just like you we got busy schedules too we got families to raise too we got money to make too but the reason we keep pressing our way here is because we've discovered something on the journey y'all victory does not come in our resume victory does not call come downtown victory sometimes don't even come out of the courtroom we have discovered that if you're going to be victorious victory belongs to Jesus I wish I had a few witnesses that can help me out so that the people that don't know the Lord don't think I'm crazy tell them how you figured out for yourself that you couldn't depend on friends sometimes tell them how you figured out for yourself that family lets you down sometimes tell them how you figured out for yourself when your own money was funny tell them how you figured out for yourself when nobody was there for you that victory belongs to Jesus and if you haven't figured that out yet I want to let you know something that you are in good company because today you're surrounded by some people who question whether or not there was still any victory who question whether or not there was still any power in his hands but they discover for them own selves and that's all I want to do today is give you space to discover for your own self that no matter what battle you belong or you are called to that there is victory here in the name of Jesus uh, we were reminded last week that it takes leadership and God is raising up some leaders we were reminded yesterday uh, last week that if God has called you into warfare if God has called you to be a change agent we were reminded God last week that God is with you wherever you may go Reverend Johnson I've discovered something I used to think that God was only with me on my good days in other words when I wasn't using bad language in other words when I didn't have bad thoughts uh, but then I really started to love the Lord when I discovered when he when he was with me when I lost my mind sometime I really started to love the Lord when I discovered when he was with me when I was going the wrong way is there anybody that can testify that when you was at that spot you weren't supposed to be with when you was with that person you had no business being with that the Lord God Almighty was still with you that's principle number two from last week that you have to remind yourself in warfare even when everything is coming against you all the arrows of the enemy all the fiery flames are coming against you God is still with you but we didn't stop there we went ahead and we picked up right here what I want to pick up today that you got to be reminded that the art of warfare is great leadership you have to remind yourself that God is with you but if you're going to be who God has called you to be and if you're going to do what God has called you to do I want to remind you of something that's most important and kind of picking up where we left off and we get started that is you're going to be who God has called you to be 
and do what God has called you to do, you have to be at peace with your purpose. Sometimes God has called us to some stuff and we are not at peace with the call. Uh, it's the reason that the senior preachers, whenever a person would say they called in the ministry and the person run up and so excited, if there has not been any laboring, you probably hadn't counted up the cost. Because when you start to count up the cost, you say, this don't add up, Lord, I'm good. I'm, I'm gonna do something else. Is there anybody else out there? God has called you to something and it burns within you. And that's really how you know, Pastor Q, that you call it's a burning within you. You see, some of y'all saw the news as it relates to what's going on in our school system. Probably about 99% of us was, was upset and angered about it. But there's about another 7% of you. You, 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 you dreamed about it that night, didn't you? you? You woke up with it on your mind, didn't you? You were frustrated about it. You couldn't let it go. Everybody else had gone on to the next thing on the timeline. No, but when you saw it, it stirred something within you. Because that's what God is calling you to. But you got to be at peace with what God has called you to. And this is what brings us to Gideon. Gideon has heard from God in the sixth chapter that I will be with you, mighty warrior. But the truth is, is that Gideon is just like us. He's raw and real, y'all. He said, God, that sounded real good. But in Genesis 6, verse 17, 6 chapter, verse 17, Genesis, Gideon does something that in some circles is considered to be controversial. I wish this was Bible study. I would pass the microphone and hear what you think about it. Gideon, he, he, he realizes God has told him that he's blessed and highly favored. He, he realized God has told him, listen, I'm going, you're going to see victory. And that should have been enough, right? That's what they teach. God has spoke to you. That should be enough. But in the 17th verse, Gideon said, that's, all, that's good, God. But he says, if you are truly going to help me, Show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking. Can I ask y'all a question in a sermon? We're not supposed to do that, but I want to ask you a question. Is it okay to ask God for a sign? Is it okay? Should you, should you, should you just trust God because he said it is so? You see, because sometimes we see things in the Bible, there are accounts of what happened. But every time we see something in the Bible, it's not God's perfect will as it should be. Now, I'm not suggesting whether or not Gideon should or should not have asked him for a sign. But I know some of y'all got the lucky dice in your right pocket, and I just wanted to talk to you today and ask you a question. Do you think it was okay to ask God for a sign? It's not a trick question. Nothing tricky about it. I'm just going to walk right through the text. So Gideon is uh, just like us. He, he's saying, God, I trust you. I got faith, but I can't get it wrong this time. You see, God, get God if, I, if I didn't hear from you and I go down there, the, Midi, the Midianites might bust my head to the white meat. If I, if I, if I didn't hear from you and I go down there, they, they might tear the club up. With God, I got to get it right this time. So I ask you again, I don't know. Maybe you tell me, you tell your neighbor. Is it okay to ask God for a sign? I, I don't know, Pastor Q. Maybe I should toss the mic over to you. But, but, but Gideon asked God for a sign. And he said, if you're really going to help me, he, he, he said, show me a sign. And, 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 and Gideon said, don't go away uh, until I uh, bring my burnt offering back. Gideon is having a conversation with an angel, a messenger from God. Gideon goes forward and he goes and he gets a young goat. He gets some flour. He gets some other ingredients. And he brings them back. And the angel tells him, Gideon, I need you to place the meat and the unliving 
putting bread on the rock and poured the broth uh, over it and Gideon did it and when he did it the angel touched the meat uh, with the tip of his staff and flyer, fire came from the rock and it consumed all that he brought and the angel disappeared it was at that moment Gideon realized that he had heard from God now this sacrifice may not have meant much to you but in that time, those sacrifices were how they worshipped and how they connected with God. And when fire came out of nowhere, it was a sign from Gideon that the Lord was with him. And so now Gideon has received this, 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 this sign. Uh, uh, he has peace. He does something, y'all, in verse 23 and 24. After he received this sign, um, Gideon builds an altar to the Lord. And he calls the altar Yahweh Shalom which means that the Lord is peace. And really that's my prayer for you today, warrior, because I know you're warring somewhere, we all are. I just pray that God will be the God, Yahweh Shalom in your life. I, I pray that if for those that may have to go and deal with the judicial system for yourself or for a grandchild, that Yahweh Shalom will be there. I pray for that individual that is going to respond to the crisis in the school system, that Yahweh Shalom. I pray for all of the pastors that, that are serving and laboring in times like this, that Yahweh Shalom. I pray for every marriage that is on the brink, that Yahweh Shalom will be with you because a principle of warfare is that it's going to be hard to go forward in your purpose if you're not going forward in peace. But y'all won't like this about peace. When God gives you peace, the next step is obedience. Somebody say obedience. Oh, my goodness. He said, Gideon, you got peace. I've shown up. You asked for the sign. I've given it to you. Now, Gideon, because you got peace, you got to go do something. He said, Gideon, I need you to take that second bull from your father's herd one that was seven years old. Now, whenever we see specifics in the text, it's a reminder to, to us as believers that sometimes God gives us general revelation, but sometimes God gives you a specific thing that you need to do. And I wonder today if God's telling somebody, I need you to specifically do a specific thing the way I said it when I told you to say, Gideon, Get not, not one that's six years old, not one that's five years old. Get one from your father's herd that is seven years old. And then what I need you to do is go down uh, to your father's altar uh, to, to, uh, to, to Baal. Now, this is interesting as well because uh, Gideon's father was worshiping uh, an idol god. And, and it's interesting because sometimes in your life, sometimes your warfare is that you are at odds in your family because you are just trying to be who God has called you to be. Amen, something. Gideon, I need your first assignment in warfare. It's the war against your own father. I know it doesn't feel good, but if you obey me, Gideon, your whole family is going to be blessed. Gideon, go down to your father's altar. He's been worshiping a God of fertility, but he has not been worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's been worshiping a God built by man's hands, but he has not been worshiping the creator of the universe. Gideon, go down to your father's altar. His name is Baal. Tear down 
down that idol god by the name of Baal. Tear down the Asherah pole. Because not only were they worshiping Baal, they were worshiping a false god by the name of Asherah. He said, uh, tear those things down. And when you tear down that false worship, I need you to do something, Gideon. I need you to build me a sanctuary. I need you to burn a sacrifice of worship to me right where you defeated the thing I told you to destroy. Well, Gideon was obedient and he did what God commanded him. But guess what, y'all? He did it at night because he was afraid of the member of his father's household coming against him. Y'all, sometimes, just let's be honest about it, when God calls you to do something that you don't have the ability to do, when God calls you to do something that is going to cause some conflict, it very well may make you afraid. Am I talking to myself? Has anybody ever had an assignment on your life before? And when God showed you what it was, it brought some fear. But one thing I like about Gideon is that because God had given him peace, uh, he was obedient to what God had called him to do. Here's the problem of obedience. Everybody ain't going to like it. You might as well turn to your neighbor and say, when you are obedient, everybody ain't going to like it. When you are obedient, everybody ain't going to like it. The Bible says the next morning the people got up and they discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and the Asherah pole had been cut down and there was a new altar in place and there, there was a different sacrifice on it and they did some investigation and discovered it was Gideon and they went to Joash and they said bring out your son uh, Joash uh, he must die right now because he killed the altar of Baal and cutting down the Asherah pole but look what God does y'all I'm so excited because I'm just walking down this Bible just going where God is taking us look at what the Holy Ghost does uh, you see Joash was worshiping who y'all he was worshiping Baal he was worshiping Asherah so when the mob showed up you would think that he would turn against his son but that's what happens when you are obedient God goes ahead of you uh, and he starts to mend broken hearts uh, God goes ahead of you and he starts to fix the stuff that has been broken in your family God goes ahead of you and he already has made the way smooth uh, Gideon was worried about how his how his father would respond since Gideon tore down his father's God but I believe the Holy Ghost got in Joash uh, and when the Holy Ghost got in Joash uh, his language changed y'all all of a sudden he starts to defend his son he says Baal doesn't need any defending if Baal is truly a God let that God defend himself uh, and from that moment on uh, Gideon was known uh, as the one who would declare that Baal should be able to defend himself uh, and so now Gideon has peace but just like us Gideon's life is kind of like them soap operas. Soap operas still come on as the world turns, right? So y'all think it's over. Every time I'm like, hey, man, that's a good place to stop serving. He got peace. He was obedient. The end. Suddenly, his peace was disturbed again. My goodness. Right here in verse 33. Soon after the armies of the Midians and Amaleks and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and started to talk to him about his assignment. Because now he was saying, I gave you an assignment. I spoke over your life. I understand that you receive it. Now it's time to execute on the plan that was placed before you. It's so many people that God has been. Can I say it like I feel it? God, Ben gave you a plan. Ben gave it to you. 
Ben gave it to you. I ain't lying. I'm testifying. He Ben gave it to you. But you have yet to execute on it. And so now it's time to execute because the enemy is getting ready. See what happens? The longer that you delay, the enemy. Pastor Q said, what's the hold up? I don't know, Pastor Q. I'm trying to understand what the hold up. But the longer that you delay, I want you to add to me, the enemy never sleeps. As Gideon was delaying, God said, it's time now. Gideon said, again, I ask y'all a question. Is it okay to ask God for a sign? So Gideon said, well, if you are truly going to use me, if this was the book of the urban vernacular of that, about that life church, we would say, if God, if you for real, for real, you for real, for real, no play play, no capping God, if, if, if you really with me, he said, prove it to me this way. I'm like, Gideon, dude, come on, you going to do it again? He said, prove it to me, God, if you're really with me. See, God, if I go down there and I'm wrong, my life is on the line and God understands this. So, again, I'm asking y'all this question and, and you'll come to your own conclusion on that between you and the Holy Ghost. But Gideon, nevertheless, asked God again. He said, I'm going to put a, a, a wool fleece on the floor, the threshing floor, where they would separate uh, the, the wheat and things of that nature. And he said, if the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry... Y'all got what he was trying to do? He said, I'm going to put this fleece on the floor. The water going to come. He said, if the fleece is wet, but everything else around it is dry, then I'll know that you're going to help me to rescue Israel as promised. And guess what? It happened just that way. I ask again for the third time, is it okay to ask God for a sign? But Gideon, like us, y'all, Gideon said, God, you know, I know you answered the first time. I know you answered the second time. He says in verse 39, he said, please don't be mad at me, God, but let me make one more request. What y'all think about Gideon at this point, right? Do, do y'all still see him as a hero? Do you see him as a faithless person or do you see him as a person that just wants to be sure? Sound like us, Pastor Q. Sound just like us. He said, Lord, uh, don't be angry with me, uh, but I'm going to ask you, you know why he said it? Because something in him had already told him. God that gave you the answer. Holy Spirit had, had, is, is on him. The text tells us that the Holy Spirit is operating in his life at this point. And sometimes out, out, of, out, of, out, of, out of the fruit of these lips, well, I tell you, it, it tell you everything that's going on in your heart. The first thing he said was what? Don't be angry with me. You know why? Because he knew doggone well that the Lord had already told him. But he's human, y'all. He's just like us. So he asked again, let me do this test one more time. This time I'm going to flip the test on you. I said, man, he, he really testing God. He said, this time, let the fleece on the ground, let the, let the, let the wool, let, the, let it remain dry and everything else be wet. God did it. God didn't abandon him. God didn't get frustrated with him. God did it. And I'm encouraged by that because I realize that even though God wants us to move and even though sometimes we fail to move, I'm encouraged because God has not, forget, not given up on us because the assignment that he's called us to is just that important and just that significant to the work that he's doing in this season in the area that he has assigned you to. So the question Pastor Q asked it, what are you waiting for? Finally, Gideon has peace. And I'm not mad at Gideon, y'all, because every warrior needs peace you see without peace we make decisions birthed in fear and in misinformation and without peace uh, we are not operating with the power of God without peace
peace is hard to trust God with without peace it's hard to get a good night's sleep without peace your mind is not clear so I'm not mad at Gideon because Gideon essentially was wanting to have some peace and again that's my prayer for you today that God gives you peace because one of the principles of warfare Pastor Q gave us one earlier he didn't even know it that praise that worship you're going to be if one of the art of warfare is that your praise and your worship has to be for real the other one is that peace so we talked about we talked about peace but I'm gonna tell you this though after God gives you peace you got peace you came in with a situation and maybe God is giving you peace about it that he's with you if you got peace this next bullet is for you after God gives you peace you must allow him to build your team after God gives you peace you must allow him that's key word right there. Him, underline it, yellow highlighter, good marker. Him to build your team. What happened? Judges, the seventh chapter. God and Gideon are having a conversation. He says, Gideon, I know that you have peace, and I know you've gone down and you're ready for war. I'm ready for war, y'all. I want to see some stuff change in my life. So finally, Gideon is ready. We ready. My bad. He ready. He ready. And God said, now I know that you're ready. But you got too many. Isn't that just like God? You didn't finally say, Lord, for you I'm going to live. For you I'm going to die. I'm going to do all this. And God just turn the table over on you. He said, you got too many. He said, I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel will boast against me. What is he saying? He said, if I allow you to win Gideon with these, they estimated 22,000 troops. Everybody won't give glory to me. They're going to give glory to the fact that y'all had 22,000 troops. And the reason that I'm allowing this battle to happen this way is so that my people will realize where their help comes from. So that my people will turn back to me. And so I'm going to do it this way so that they cannot deny that it was the power of the living God. That's why you have gone through some of the things that you have gone through. We don't like it sometimes. But when you make it out, it gives you a new strength. It gives you a new revelation that God is who he says that he is. And so God says, I'm going to give you a new revelation because 22,000 is too many. So he said, okay, okay, that's fine. He said, so, so, so now Gideon is cut it down to 10,000. He said, Lord, it's tight, but we can get it done. 10,000, we put about 3,000 over there, 3,000 over there, about 3,000 up the middle. You know, we, we can take it, Brother Coleman. He, he's special forces. He's going to help me to preach. He always helped me with the military analogy. So, so he says, Gideon, you got too many. Hold up, God, we was at 22,000. Now we at 10. What you saying? He said, listen, got a, got, got a complex test for you. I need you to take them down and have them to drink water that's the test he says if he says he said listen if i say this one shall go with you he shall go but if i say this one shall stay he if i say this one shall go with you he shall go but if i say this one shall not go with you he shall not go so gideon took the men down to the water the lord gives them the test he says separate those who lap the water with their tongues as lap dogs right envision them if the knees weren't so bad i get down on them but imagine somebody getting down on all fours and they drinking water like a dog literally like you would see an animal do uh in the safari or something he said separate those from the ones that who kneel down right on on, on one knee knee good enough he said separate those that get down on one knee right he said because the ones that get down on one knee they they, they know what they're doing you see their eyes are up on the enemy they're getting what they need but they are watching and praying they're getting what 
they need, but they're ready for whatever comes. I wish I had some folks like that in here with me today. He said, I need you to separate them like that. And he said, and when he did, first he was at 22,000. Now he was at 10,000. And now he has 300. Get, the Lord says, get in with these 300. I'm going to rescue you from the oppression of the Midianites. With these 300s, Israel will know that I am their God. This is the application that I want to give to you. I want to argue with you. I want to tell you that you do not have the ability to build your own team. If you look at this text, Gideon didn't build it. If you look at this text, who did the building? God built his team. And I want to fight with you because I know you've been picking your own besties and picking your own this and picking your own that. I want to fight with you today and tell you that you don't have the ability to build your own team. Part of the reason that we don't have the ability to build our own team, thank you. Part of the reason we don't have the ability to build our own team is because we really don't know the battle that's ahead of us. God knew the fight that Gideon was going to face. And it was not that the other 22,000, somebody do some math, 21,700, 21, there it is. It was not that the 21,700 were bad people. So many of us think that when somebody is not assigned to us for the season, that's God saying that they're bad. No, but this is not their fight. There may be another fight that they get invited to, but, but for this one, this ain't their fight. It ain't personal. If Gideon had tried to pick them, he would have picked them based on who he got along with. Because that's what we do. We pick folk that we, we get along with. But don't you know there's some people that God going to assign in your life in this season? You, you, you don't even get along with them that good. In other words, you might not take them to, to the steakhouse. You, you, you might not go and have some jazz uh, fellowship with them. But they are assigned to you in this season because they have a gift that's needed. And God said, I don't care about y'all not liking one another. There's a battle brewing. And if y'all don't get y'all selves together and do what I call you to do, you'll never see the victory that I commanded you to have. But, I love when there's a but. But, but if you let me build a team, if you let me send the people in your life, if you let me equip the team, I can assure you that there will be victory after this. And I, I'm praying over your team right now because God is sending some people into your life that you never would have thought would be the people that's been assigned to your team. You ought to thank God when they show up. Matter of fact, some of y'all need to go send them a Christmas card. You left them off the list then. You left them off the list. Go on and send them a Christmas card because they're assigned to you this season for a particular reason. One of the arts of warfare, let God build your team. And certainly, as we make our way toward the end, I want to tell you one that really, really, really blessed me, y'all. I want to remind you that one of the, the, I think it's principle number five, and we just got six and we out. Whatever you do, don't go into battle without taking pura with you. Whatever you do, don't go into battle without taking pura with you. Now, well, let me show you pura, one of those names in the Bible we skip over. But pura, pura is interesting because Gideon has accepted the assignment. He has his 300 and now he's ready for battle. 
Judges 7 around verse 9, they tell us that the Midians were down in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, get up and go down there to the camp because I'm going to give it to your hands. And he said, Gideon, if you are afraid, God, I already know we'll be afraid. <laughs> he said, if you are afraid, he said, go down to the camp with your servant, Purah, and listen to what they are saying. He said, after this, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Purah, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. It says that the Midianites and the Amalekites and the other eastern people had settled in the valley. Again, thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. And, and when Gideon arrived, he arrived and he, he's, like, he's, like, he's like a spy, right? Uh, or a forward observer or, 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 or intel. When I was in the field artillery, we had individuals that were gifted to be able to go ahead and low crawl and hide in the brush and hear what the enemy was saying. And so Gideon, uh, they are they are they are on a reconnaissance mission, if you will. Gideon and Pura, they're on a reconnaissance mission. And they're listening and they hear a conversation. And one of the men in the enemy's camp said, I had a dream. He said, a round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent was overturned. Oh, now when Gideon heard the dream, Gideon didn't know what it meant. When, when, when Gideon heard the dream, he said, are the Midianites hungry? When Gideon heard the dream, he said, I don't understand. What are they talking about? But I am so glad that Gideon understood the principle of warfare that you never go into battle without taking pure raw with you. You see, while you got your 300, there are some that's going to be a little bit closer. Ask Jesus about it. Jesus had his 12, and those 12 were called out amongst millions. But in that 12, he had Peter, James, and John. I'm trying to talk to somebody that as you go into battle, there is someone that is especially assigned to your life because they can hear what you don't hear they can see what you don't see and they can tell you what thus saith the Lord is there anybody that has a pure eye in your life uh, listen you are so focused on the fight that's ahead you can't see everything coming at you you are so focused on what you're trying to accomplish you miss some stuff as it comes your way listen shout out to my pure eye one of them is sitting on the front row now my wife don't say nothing in church I'd have to beg her to come up here and talk but when I get home she said you know I saw something today uh, and when I was a young dumb dummy I didn't listen to it but after a while uh, after getting hit upside head a few times uh, after a while I got getting punched in the belly a few times I said hey baby now what you seen today because <laughs> it's a good chance you seen something I didn't see I'm just trying to talk to somebody because if you're going to go in the battle uh, you don't have all of the answers uh, if you're going to go in the battle uh, and you are making all the decisions uh, you're setting yourself up for failure who is the pure eye in your life uh, that can see what you can't see uh, I want to talk to a single parent out there uh, you've been doing it your way the best you know how uh, but who is pariah in your life uh, because you can't see everything uh, I want to talk to a struggling marriage out there uh, y'all been trying to figure it out on your own uh, but who is the pariah in your life uh, that is telling you what God is saying uh, is there anybody here uh, that God has shown you uh, who pariah is in your life uh, and if God hadn't shown you uh, that's the prayer from the pulpit today uh, that he will allow Pura uh, to make himself known in your life uh, so that you can have an adversary uh, somebody you can tell how you feel for real uh, so that you can have an adversary uh, somebody that is praying you through
through uh, so that you can have an adversary uh, that somebody has your back in the middle of it uh, that you can have an adversary uh, when everybody else is turned against you uh, Pura is still here uh, you see Pura was an armor bearer uh, he carried Gideon's sword uh, Pura was an armor bearer he made sure the load was lighter for Gideon uh, and there's somebody right now uh, the reason you have been defeated uh, is because you're trying to carry your own armor uh, you're trying to do everything by yourself uh, that was the danger of the pandemic uh, it disconnected you from people uh, who would love on you uh, who would take care of you uh, and had us running around thinking uh, we could do it all by ourselves. Uh, well I quickly discovered uh, that that was a lie from hell uh, I need you uh, and you need me uh, there's a gift in you uh, there's a gift in me I pray for you you pray for me at the end of the day we all we got I need to turn to two people and look at them in the eyes tell them at the end of the day we all we got don't go into battle without having pure raw on your side so seriously if you don't have one if you don't know who that person is I'm praying that God will reveal that person or those people to you because you can't do it by yourself you can't I can't do it by myself it's the enemy's trick to make you think that you got everything you need to do it by yourself we need each other I wish y'all could see the spiritual attack yeah we were safe in the pandemic but we were separated from one another I can't touch your family on Facebook I can't see what's really going on you know I'm not knocking the digital presence because we need that but what I'm saying even if you out there digitally you better be connected to somebody you gotta be connected because what you're trying to do you can't do it by yourself I'm gonna leave that alone last but not least y'all last but not least Pura armor better to Gideon he's able to interpret the dreams and encourage Gideon and that's what I want to do I want to be able to encourage you as you encourage me we had six principles they're the key to victory is leadership remember God is with you pray for peace about the assignment let God build your team take Parah with you and last but not least y'all the light is a soldier's best friend uh, in the military brother Coleman some other army dogs marine dog whatever y'all are uh, there was a something that they taught us about early on and they called it stand two anybody know anything about stand two as a young soldier coming up I didn't like stand two because what it meant was that there was a time at dusk and there was a time at dawn where the light is either at its darkest or at its highest. When you're talking about the breaking of dawn uh, in ancient warfare, it was the time that the enemy was most likely to strike because for the enemy to come forward into your camp, they needed some light. So for the soldier, what it meant that stand to was you had to be up and ready your teeth had to be brushed you couldn't be putting your clothes on couldn't be putting your stripes on couldn't be putting the ammunition in your gun no you had to be ready and i remember laying out there in the wood line one time brother coleman and and, and the sun was scheduled to come up about five o'clock in the morning 
That meant we had to be up by 3.30. I was in my feelings. But the sergeant said, boy, if you don't get up, if the enemy comes and you, and you start to get ready when they come, you, it's going to be too late. So by 3.30, we was up, y'all. And this was a training exercise. But I, I learned so much by that training exercise. And, and by 3.30, we up. We brushed our teeth. We, 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 we are, we've checked our green to green. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've checked to make sure everything is good to go. We are fit to fight. We are dynamite. And all of a sudden, when the sun came up, uh, it was a training mission, y'all, but I'm going somewhere. When the sun came up, uh, we could see the enemy coming over us. And because we were waiting on the light, and, and the light was the, the warrior's best friend, and because we was ready for battle when the light came, uh, I'm here to tell you, when they showed up, y'all, we showed out. Uh, we won that day. Uh, can I tell you where I'm going to the text? Uh, it's right here in Judges, the seventh chapter. He says, Gideon, uh, Gideon is ready now. Uh, he's prepared for battle now. Uh, and he says, I'm going to give y'all some things. Uh, I'm going to give you a sword. Uh, put the sword in one hand. Uh, but I'm also going to give you a jar. Uh, and inside of this jar, uh, it's going to be a light. Uh, inside of this jar, uh, it's going to be a light. Uh, y'all ain't hearing me. Inside of the jar, uh, there was going to be a light. Uh, you know the type of light that we would use at a fire. Uh, inside of the jar, uh, there would be a light. Uh, and when you got here... Uh, I need you to do something. Uh, you see, the light was a torch uh, that was set before. Uh, they got to the edge of the enemy's camp. Uh, and Gideon said, when we get to the edge of the camp, uh, I need you to do two things. Uh, I need you to cry out in worship. Uh, and I need you to break the jar. Uh, I didn't understand it when I read it. Uh, so I kept on reading. Uh, somebody here today just needs to keep on reading. Uh, and you'll catch what I'm trying to say. Uh, there Gideon is. Uh, with his 300 soldiers uh, the best of the best uh, I want y'all to know that y'all are the best of the best uh, there Gideon is with his 300 soldiers uh, he has the Midianite camps around it uh, and then he says to me uh, when I make the sound uh, when the trumpet blasts uh, I need you to cry out uh, for the Lord uh, and for Gideon uh, and when you cry out uh, I need you to break the jars uh, so the light of the torture shine. Uh, Y'all didn't hear me. Uh, he told him, I need you to do something. Uh, I need you to cry out. Uh, one for Gideon uh, and one for the Lord. Uh, I like that, Gideon. Uh, but Gideon, if you mind, uh, if you don't mind, I want to encourage my people. Uh, right now, y'all, uh, we are on the edge of the camp. Uh, right now, y'all, uh, we are about to walk into victory. Uh, but I need to give you some instructions uh, I need you to cry out uh, not for Gideon uh, take Gideon's name out uh, I need you to cry out uh, for your son uh, I need you to cry out uh, for your daughter uh, I need you to cry out uh, for yourself uh, I need you to cry out uh, for your people uh, one cry for your situation uh, and one cry for the father that's what the soldiers did in the Bible and if it helped them uh, why can't it help me? Uh, is there anybody here uh, that don't mind crying out this morning? Uh, one time for yourself. Uh, you made it this far. Uh, one time for yourself. Uh, God has kept you this far. Uh, one time for yourself. Uh, you are a survivor. Uh, one time for yourself. Uh, God is still on your side. Uh, but if you stop your cry right there, uh, that's just a half-baked cry. Uh, as you cry out 
for yourself. The next cry has to be unto the Lord. One time for yourself. But one time for Jesus. One time for Jesus. One time for Jesus. Holler if you hear me. One time for Jesus. It's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Pass me not. Oh, gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others, thou art calling. Do not pass me by. When you cry out like that, all of a sudden, the enemy takes notice. The enemy gets ready to fight back. But don't you worry. You saved your best weapon for last. Gideon is now commanding that you break the jar open. Gideon is now commanded that you break the jar open. Gideon is now commanded that you break the jar open. So when you break the jar open, the light is going to come out. I'm talking to somebody. Allow your worship to break the jar depression open. Allow your worship to break the jar defeat open. Allow your worship to break the strongholds open. Cause when you break the jar, the light comes out. We celebrate Christmas because the lights are out. We celebrate Christmas because it's a bright light in a dark world. If you ever been in darkness, you know what I'm talking about. I need about five people that have experienced darkness to help a preacher right now. To help them to know that when the light shows up in your life, when the light shows up in your family, when the light shows up in your finances, when God shows up, when the light comes out, I'm thanking you, God, for being the light of the world. But the Bible doesn't stop there. The Bible says not only is Christ the light, he says there's a light in you. And that's some people here today, you won't experience victory until you allow the light in you to shine freely. Matthew 5 says that the light that is in you, let it shine so that the world can see your good works and glorify your Father that's in heaven. That's some people today, there's some good works in you. But if you want to see victory, God is saying, let your light shine. It's time for you to stop playing. It's time for you to be who he called you to be. And I don't know about you, but this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till I get better. Let it shine till the world changes. Let it shine till our schools become safer. Let it shine until racism flees. Let it shine until the world is turned around. Let it shine. 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 Let's celebrate God in this place today. Come on, y'all. Let's celebrate God. Let's celebrate God. Listen, soldiers on the battlefield, when you experience victory, 
Listen, we, we party hard, didn't we, Brother Cole? Listen, you've been in warfare, and when you win, oh my goodness, that's a different party. Well, I want to talk to somebody today that you know and you receive that this is a victory day for you. I want you to give God whatever kind of worship you want to give. I'll give you about 30 seconds to praise God as if you just had a victory. To praise God as if it's going to work out for your family. To praise God that he's already making a way. To praise God that your inbox will have some good news. To praise God that he's turning around. He's turning around. Oh, he's turning around. To God be the glory. The door to the house of God stands open. The door to the house of God stands open. The door to the house of God stands open.